0: Welcome Ag News Daily listeners. We are bringing you a special weekend edition today on this Saturday, May 13th. Mike, what are we bringing the listeners today?
1: We are bringing some fresh news, some hot news that came out uh, Friday evening, as well as the remainder of Secretary Sonny Perdue's uh, town hall meeting held in Nevada, Iowa, last Friday. So uh, we played a couple of those questions on the show early in the week, but then we had so many interviews that uh, took us right up to our 30-minute timeline that uh, we wanted to make sure this got out there so you all could hear a little bit more about Sonny's perspective there at the USDA.
0: That's right. So we have about... 30 to 40 minutes more of questioning from the Nevada Town Hall. And there are a few places where the audio is a little glitchy. Um, That day when we were in Nevada, the sound system cut out for a few of the questions, but we did our best to edit it so that you all could hear the questions and responses from the secretary.
1: That's right. So that is coming up very shortly. But we had some news that came out late uh, this week, and that was some of Sunny Purdue's. Projected appointments into the new undersecretary position and the big one or the one that uh, hit home for delaney and i here in iowa was that iowa secretary of ag bill northy is reportedly up to be the undersecretary of of i just lost my website what is he the usda uh, yeah farm production and conservation is the role that uh sunny we assume will be uh appointing secretary northy to and then of course that will have to get confirmed
0: that's right and we did share that article link from the gazette on our facebook page and mike did you share it on the twitter page as well
1: i have not yet but i will do that very shortly and then we had a uh, comment by bill northy kind of a uh, a facebook comment in response to this and i just wanted to read that out loud so folks could hear it he said they posted that this this He posted this this morning. Bill Northey said, I appreciate the kind comments and support from so many friends here in Iowa and across the country as news has circulated recently about a possible role for me at USDA. The appointment process can take time to unfold, and it is important not to be overly presumptive. I hope you will all understand that I cannot confirm anything or make any formal comment about the rumored appointment at USDA. I look forward to communicating about that more openly at the appropriate time. As I've said many times, I love my job as Iowa Secretary of Agriculture and am anxious to support the President, Secretary Purdue, and USDA's mission in whatever role I am in, either within the USDA or outside. So, classy response there from a classy fellow,
0: That's Bill right. Nordy. That's right. Yeah, and I think that that would be awesome if he was in D.C., but of course we don't really want to lose him in Iowa either.
1: So that's the news we had overnight. We will keep you apprised as uh, this eventually makes its way into the Senate and these roles are filled at the USDA.
0: Yeah, that's right, Mike. But um, let's turn it over to the Q&A session from that town hall meeting in Nevada. All
2: right, Mr. Senator. Okay, here comes the hard questions. I can feel it. (laughs)
1: Mr. Secretary, thanks for coming. My name is Austin Doty, and I'm an officer here with Nevada FFA. Um, uh, as you can tell, renewable energy is really important to us here in Iowa, especially here in Nevada. And uh, I just want to make sure that you plan to keep uh, advancing in renewable energies such as cellulosic ethanol. You,
2: did you hear what my. You know who I work for? <laughs> I work for a be- fellow by the name of Donald J. Trump. Did you hear what he said during the campaign? Yeah. Renewable energy, ethanol, is here to stay, and we're going to look for new technologies to be even more efficient. Many people still think there's a subsidy involved today. This is a mature industry that's continuing to grow and thrive. I look forward to giving the president better ideas from the renewable fuel standards and other things that can help it even do better. So uh, you bet we're going going to do it. So you don't have nothing to worry about. Okay.
3: Mr. Secretary, uh, appreciate your kind words on the renewable fuel standard uh, and, and your comments on ethanol. I'll throw in biodiesel as well. And you, you like to keep it short and to the point and direct, so I just would like to have Bill bring you up a button here that kind of is our message from uh, Iowa agriculture here. Don't mess with the RFM.
2: So <laughs> I think that was just my, uh, I got that message. I think the uh, the boss, that's what he said, we're not going to mess with the RFS. So uh, there you go.
1: <laughs> Mr. Secretary? Yes, sir. Uh, Dave Struthers, uh, pork producer uh, from Collins, Iowa, just uh, here in Story County as well, known the Cowsers and have the utmost respect for them just as you uh, gave them accolades for they're well-deserving of it. Um, you know, as a veterinarian, what a foreign animal disease could do to the United States of America. If we were to get something such as foot and mouth disease, uh, it wouldn't just hurt animal agriculture; it would hurt the whole economy of the United States. With the quarantines and zones like that, would be shut down. Um, I would uh, encourage you to look at uh, getting those vaccinations, uh, vaccines we need, uh, and the capability to get those vaccines distributed. If we were to have something uh that horrible
2: happen. Well, you're exactly right. Uh, just the fear of that can sh- send shockwaves through the US economy and uh, we're well aware of that. We've seen an example here in 15, and we're still threatened with it in other parts of the country just with avian influenza. So uh, you may know, you may not know, that after I leave here, I'm heading up just up the road to Ames. There's a little facility called APHIS up there. They're world-class, world-renowned, and uh, one of their mission areas is vaccines, vaccine technology, and I want to hear from those professionals, those scientists, those biologists up there how we can best protect ourselves and be prepared for any kind of threats when you talk about terrorism we've got to understand that foodborne terrorism is there we've got to be prepared for it and uh, if you really want to disrupt an economy uh, then you can do it that way we see that even with any kind of foodborne illness out here Uh, it can hurt uh, a lot of areas there and when you don't Our goal for American agriculture is to have an oath to the American people that we commit to them, that their food they feed their families with every day is safe and wholesome, and that means being prepared, whether it's vaccinations being stored or otherwise. So that's a great point. Thank you.
3: Hey. Hi, Secretary Purdue. My name is Stephanie Enlow, and I'm with the Center for Rural Affairs, which is an organization that for over 43 years has worked on behalf of rural communities. And I'd like to tell you a quick story, followed by a question. So I recently had the opportunity to visit with Brandon and Catherine Bell out in Washington, Iowa, along with Senator Grassley over there. And they are a young farming couple, probably in their late 20s, early 30s, have a young family. And they're using hog barns to help keep their farm going. And produce good Iowa pork and they've put some solar panels on top of their hog barns which has brought down their energy costs and allowed them as young beginning farmers to really get their feet on the ground and get going, continue the proud tradition of family farming here in Iowa. So I'd like to expand on um, the young man's comments about renewable energy and encourage you to uh, work with the Department of Energy, uh, President Trump's administration, as well as the people of Iowa to keep that uh, industry growing, keep the price of solar coming down so farmers in Iowa can continue to, you know, harvest the energy that we have uh, beaming down on us today in in more ways.
2: That's great. We see uh, cellulosic ethanol. We see uh, corn-based ethanol. We see biodiesel here. And we see wind. Uh, We don't... uh, uh, we don 't have any examples necessarily of solar, but uh, when we see a day like today, we know how productive that can be we 've made a lot of technology strides in solar, and I think our big farm buildings such as these can be uh, maybe great users of that as well so that's that 's a good example as well and we'll we 'll keep that in mind and Obviously, Governor Perry and I served as governors together. We've got great relationships. But the the thing about this interagency task force is we get to work with one another. Holistic is is an important concept in in governing. I want us to be Team America. In fact, I've I've kind of thought about a, a new logo for USDA, Senator and Congressman. I want to have a Team, maybe white letters, USA, with the D being a soybean sprout or something like that, or corn sprout in the middle. Maybe Team USA, but Team USDA to make sure we're really one American team for all of us. So thank you very much.
4: Hello. Uh, Mr. Perdue, thank you so much for coming to Iowa. I'm speaking on behalf of the many organizations and individual members of the Iowa Environmental Council but I also speak on behalf of the century uh, century and a half of my family farm in Missouri, uh, right over the line, and uh, also my grandparents' farm in the area of Cantrell, Iowa. And I want to say that one of the things that uh, agricultural and environmental citizens all agree on is that we need to work together to make sure that the farmers that want to proactively uh, take steps to protect our land and water, have the support they need. It costs a lot in some cases to use the practices that will make a difference. And we really encourage you to become a staunch defender of the farm conservation programs that were mentioned here. Sometimes it might be paperwork that is keeping people from implementing those practices. But a lot of times there's just long waiting lines because there's not enough money for the eligible people that are enrolled Uh, both for the programs themselves and for the technical assistance that it takes to deliver them. So we hope you'll support our Working Lands Conservation Programs.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. I think that's a good point. The USDA does a lot of things very, very well. Unfortunately, right now, technology is not one of them. From that, if we were Amazon, we'd be out of business. And if we USDA uh, operated, if Amazon operated like USD technology wise, they'd be out of business. So we got a lot of challenges. It takes a lot of money. We've tried that way. And uh, we're committed to have an integrated database system that uh, that serves farmers for lines. I want to give you a quote that I didn't use in my remarks, but My father passed away in 1998. He was a lifelong farmer. We were diversified row crop. He unfortunately loved truck farming as well, so I've had my share of watermelons and cantaloupes in my hand, as well as I put my way through college with sweet corn. But, you know, I can still hear his voice ringing. We We were owners. We owned most of our land, but we rented some land around us. And sometimes when he'd tell me, in December, when that lease was going to run out in the end of December, and we didn't know if we were going to get it the next year or not, he said, "Well, order the lime trucks and and lime that farm over there owned by Mr. Johnson." And I said, "Well, Daddy, we we're, we don't know if we're going to have that next year." He said, "Son, let me just tell you something. Whether we're renters or owners, we want to leave it better than we found it, and that's what uh, that's what we want to do from the USDA. That's what we want to do for our land. It's God's." bestowment upon us and we are all stewards whether we own this land or whether we rent it, we want to leave it better than we found it. So that's our heart. (laughs) Over here.
5: Uh, Good morning, Mr. Secretary. Thank you so much for coming to Iowa. My name is Adrian Boffman and I live in Des Moines. I was born in 1969 at Fort Benning, Georgia, where my father was serving in Vietnam. So, hello from a fellow Georgian. Yes. Um, my question to you, sir, is I run an international trade practice in Des Moines, and I am the first ever broker for the state of Iowa for the Export-Import Bank of the United States. And my question to you is, how can we be more competitive overseas? Obviously, with our co-products, our commodities, our heavy equipment. And what is your view of the Export-Import Bank of the United States? Thank you. Okay.
2: Well, thank you, Father, for your service and uh, to a native Georgian, welcome. Uh, obviously, I understand. I said I, I'm an Iowan now too, but I'm a native Georgian. <laughs> uh, Obviously, uh, the, the resources, the money, is funding is important for the financing of agricultural commodities in the world. What are the barriers there? And that's what we want, want to do all, overall. We know that when the Chinese uh, get their teeth and, uh, into uh, U.S. beef, they're going to want more of it but obviously we've got we don't have as free and fair economic systems around the world as we have in this country here we're kind of seeing a little bit of that in the Canadian dairy issue right now so we've got to we've got to negotiate uh fairness and American farmers are not afraid of competing. We don't want barriers. We want to, to open those up because we know that we can compete. Some of that is financial in, in certain areas. Uh, we know that Cuba could be a consumer. They've got to they got to resolve their financial issues, their human rights issues on that. But mostly, it's a matter of uh, breaking down the tariffs. Tariffs there. We've got societies in here who protect some politically powerful producers in other countries who are not nearly as efficient as we are, and that's what we have to negotiate in that way. It has to be balanced, obviously. Uh, NAFTA's been great for, uh, for agriculture, maybe not as great for manufacturing, so we've got to balance that out where the American economy can thrive across the, uh, across the spectrum uh, of good, uh, 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 of all the things that we do well. Good morning, Mr. Secretary. Uh, my name is Kent Chesky. I'm with an organization called the Council for Agriculture, Science, and Technology. We're we're based in Ames, but work nationwide. Um, American agriculture uh, anxiously but patiently uh, waited for uh, President Trump to nominate you and go through the process to get you in this position. I think the next part of it is as you think about how you build out your team at USDA, uh, critical the deputy the. Undersecretaries will be a part of your team to kind of stand up and enact a lot of the policies that will help American agriculture. What's your time frame? What do you see the time frame of that being to get those critical positions filled? I'd say as soon as possible, and hopefully we won't have the lengthy confirmation process. About 17 of these individuals are going to be Senate-confirmed. Obviously, there's a lot of paperwork involved. The Office of Government Ethics requires a lot of uh, things to make sure that we're operating on behalf of the american uh, uh, taxpayer and not self-dealing and that's that's fair but we've uh, we've spoken to a lot of people we've identified some great people i think the president will be very anxious to appoint these people as quickly as possible but standing up a new administration is tough it takes time but i, I want to tell you we've got uh, some hard-working people there Uh, You might have heard of Dr. Sam Clovis. He's been there at the Beachhead team. Brian Klippenstein from uh, Kansas City has been there. I've had a couple of folks there. We're building out a team there. My executive assistant is an Iowa farm girl from Lamar's, Rachel Pick, and uh, she's got a heart for agriculture. So we're building out a team. I think the timeline... Uh, you'll probably hear some announcements in the next uh, couple of weeks. We got to get these people through the process and do that. I've even had some suggestions from Iowa about some good people. <laughs> okay. All right. Bill's cutting y'all off. One more question. He says.
5: Oh gosh. Okay. Oh, can you hear? Can you hear me? Um, over here. Hi. Um. <laughs> Hi, um, my name is Anna Johnson, and I'm uh, with the Center for Rural Affairs, um, also Stephanie. Um, we are um, we have an office in Nevada, Iowa, and we were thrilled to hear that you were coming to Nevada, Iowa as one of your first um, activities as Secretary of Agriculture. Um, my question is that, um, I'm not from a farm background, um, but I worked on a couple of farms um, when I got out of college because I thought, you know, because I was inspired by you know, the, the, because agriculture is just so great, I don't think everybody here can kind of agree with that. Um, but I kind of learned firsthand through that experience how um, capital intensive it can be for a young person who's not from a farm family and doesn't have kind of a family business to, to um, grow up and take over, um, how hard it is to get started. And I was wondering what you're going to, what your plans are to help um, help the next generation of farmers coming up and, um, and how we can kind of yeah,
2: do that. Great question. Obviously, uh, if you're the beneficiary of a multi-generational farm, that's great, but not all of us are, as you indicated that way. There are programs for young farmers, whether they're loans or grants, to help them. But I think, again, when these young people in school and in college understand the breadth, the depth, the vastness of American agriculture in so many jobs, then the, they can begin in one place and move to another. I just met a Young Iowa farm couple down at uh, uh, the uh, uh, the broadcast earlier down there with the Cinco de Mayo, and their father farms, but they they're working outside the farm now. But they just put in some hog barns in to move into that. So uh, uh, it's a, it's entrepreneurship at its best. We want to be a help. Farmers aren't looking necessarily for a handout, but they don't they want to remove the barriers there. And it's a very capital-intensive, uh, or, you know, operation, as you said. And uh, but the creativity and various ways of growing energy and growing uh, protein and, and growing grains uh, is is one of those noble professions. I hope it inspires many people. The FFA boys, no, oh, they're over there. Uh, I thought y'all left, but uh, the <laughs> girls are hanging with me. Uh, but uh, that inspire them to understand the nobility. Uh, the righteousness of american agriculture so thank you very much thank you all so much it's been great to be with you thank you
1: all right folks well you heard it here that was secretary sunny purdue in nevada iowa at Cowser cattle company last friday so friday the second the third the fourth the fifth there we go <laughs> one of these days we'll get it right that was uh may 5th sunny purdue and uh you know, you can really hear his passion for agriculture in a lot of his comments, didn't you think, Delaney?
0: hmm yeah, definitely. He was, I just, I mean, we both said it, but he is just so fun to listen to. His accent definitely helps with that, but he's just very passionate for agriculture, and he has a background in agriculture.
1: He does, and next week, we will be covering all sorts of fascinating aspects of this great industry we call agriculture, so we encourage all of you to tune in All week next week, and hopefully by mid-next week, we will be live with agnewsdaily.com, and that will be one more spot for you to collect some news and some articles and some of our thoughts on the world of agriculture. With all that being said, Delaney, am, am I forgetting anything?
0: I don't think so, Mike. Should we let the people go?
1: Let's let them go.